Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. G'day you legends and welcome to the Sudic Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight are Shane and Johnny. How are you Shane? Yeah, good thanks Jared. Um, you know, still still a bit shocked at the, uh, the massive result over the weekend. Uh, I know we'll get into it a bit later but Sweden winning Eurovision, goodness me, who knew? <laughs> oh jeez, when does that happen? And how are you Johnny? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not bad, I'm not bad. It's, um, it's getting to that time of year. And consultancies, corporate firms, it's silly season as they call it. So I work's a bit busy. I'm looking forward to my holiday in the in June. I'll come back to see the family. Hopefully the weather's nice in Scotland. I doubt it, but well, we'll see. <laughs> Can't be much colder than it is down here in Melbourne today, John, as we're just talking about off air. Comparable. <laughs> it's um cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone doesn't understand that, that's an Australian comment for you. Have fun figuring out what that means. Nah, it's like eight degrees, feels like four, bit fresh. So it's just, you know, middle of summer in Scotland, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you joke. We were we were looking up this because I, I kept saying it to, to my girlfriend, like it you don't need a jacket, it's gonna be warm, it's the middle of summer. And then we looked up what the annual uh, temperature averages were for July, and it was like 17, 18 degrees, and we're like, oh. Christ, that's freezing cold now. That's the, you might need a jacket, puffer, and a scarf, and everything. Nah, you'll yeah. be right. <laughs> thanks, 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 everyone, for tuning into tonight's uh, Wednesday pot noodle. We really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, hit the like button on whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening through the podcast audio audio version on there. Hit the like. Give us a review on um, if you're listening through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something like that. And share the podcast around. Tell a, tell a fellow Tim about it. We want to get it 
get this podcast growing. It's doing well. So thanks to every, each and every one of you who has subscribed and let's keep growing. But we've had the weekend review on Monday, did the deep dive into um, into the 3-0 result on the weekend. Last night's pod touched on as well. So we're going to try and keep it nice and brief. What I want to do, and I sp- where did the boys up before the pod? I want to just get a quick little four or five minute chat about the game. And then I want to throw it to a Facebook post that I saw the day after the game. I'm going to, I don't have the person's name for a certain reason. I don't want to, um, you know, get a pile on for them, but I want to read this post out and I want to get both of you guys opinion on it because I actually tend to agree with this person, but we're going to do something a little different on it. So John, what was your overall take on the game? Uh, disappointing, obviously. Um, I think the look with uh, as uh, so Delando and everybody else we've 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 talked a lot about this. Uh, I I think we stopped. I think that's that was you know the the we never stop applies only until you win the league, and then after that you know we 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 just slowed down. We just completely switched off. It looked like we were still in party mode in our heads. Um, just it was a shadow of what we're like previously. Was there an element of no? Our our fans weren't in the stadium, so you know it was a bit daunting and stuff potentially. But I think that I think that is a factor that should have only played a minor role. I don't think it was necessarily um, the entire reason why we performed so badly. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I've kind of blanked a lot of it because it was one of those ones. Even for us, like if, for me watching it, I was kind of like, ah, I don't really care. It was an odd one because normally you are always up for a Glasgow derby, like no matter what. And you, we still are to an extent, right? So, you know, you, it, it, it's still a tough pill to swallow when you lose to them and all that stuff. But yeah, um, I, I was watching it and I wasn't really that bothered that we were, you know, performing badly. I think there were certain, I think Ange had too many changes. I think the changes that he did make, Barnabé, for example, really, really uh, underperformed. Um, Owen didn't get any service at all, but that should really have come from the middle. We completely lost it in the middle. It was just, it was just all over a bit of a capitulation. It shouldn't really have happened. Um, I imagine it would be a bit of a a wake up call for some of our players. To, you know, it you sh- you should never be wanting to lose those games ever. If it was like Aberdeen or St Johnson, we could have all caught problem like ah, who cares? Let's let's move on. But it's them, so we care a little bit more. But yeah, disappointed, but nobody will remember that game. Um, it will be another treble and it will be a, a tiny little footnote on um, what is an extremely successful season. So I guess we just move on. Yeah, just before I go to you, Shane, I just want to jump in on something you said there, John, because, yeah, I found it really odd. Like, it didn't really feel like a, like a Glasgow derby going into it. Like, I know for us over here, it was, what was it, Saturday night, so it was my nephew's birthday. I'd been out for dinner with the family, got home like 20 minutes before kickoff. So I didn't really have that build-up that you'd have. Like if I was to go to the CSC and watch the game at a pub and have music playing and have a bit of a sing-song. So for me, it didn't feel the same as a normal Glasgow derby would. And then to get into the game and then to see the team list from us and then you see the team list from them and, They've got a few players coming in, like Yulmaz last time he played against us did well compared to Barisic. So I was like, okay, it'll be interesting to see that dynamic there. 
like, you know, we've spoken about on the pod that the game was going to be a battle in the midfield and also could our guys get at their, their fullbacks. No Maeda on the left to get it to Vernier. And then Yulmaz coming in on the other side, getting rid of Barisic has basically removed their negative. So those two areas where we spoke about on the pod last week and then the battle in the midfield that didn't we basically were non-existent in the middle of the park, for me, it just seemed like a weird one. Like We've got a couple of comments here. I'll bring them up. So Andrew Galea was, I haven't re-watched it. And then he's also said, Ange doesn't get many games to try things. We need to cut him some slack. It was only Sevco. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but that whole thing about Ange trying things, we'll discuss on the next topic after we give Shane the floor here for his take on the game. Yeah, I think both you and Johnny have touched on it really well. Um, Really disappointing performance, a really poor performance all over the park. There weren't many players that got a pass mark, to be honest. Um, I thought we started really poorly. We looked off of it. And we never really looked on it at any stage, but our start was really poor and they capitalised. And after they went one up, I thought even though we never reached the levels we usually do, I felt like we still had a bit of control at that point and created a couple of chances, a couple of guilt edge chances that, you know, a Barter and O should have done better with. Um, The second goal was really where... It kind of the separation really happened. It was a bit of a sucker punch that that really seemed to take the wind out of the sails. We we never really we never really looked likely or like we were going to get going after that point. Even in the second half, you take away that one chance from O'Reilly, we never ever really looked like we were going to threaten. It was it was a really flat performance, um, one that that we haven't seen from this team for a very long time. Um, yeah, very disappointing in the end. Just to touch on something there, Shane, they, I'm going to summarise this. I think they took their chances. We didn't because 100%. they got their first goal. O could have equalised straight away after, hit the post. Then, as you said, they scored. O'Reilly had his chance. There was just like they took their chances. We didn't. So I'm not going to take anything away from them. I'll bring up a comment from Michael Ross here, which is, it's always a vile, putrid, hideous, disgusting, gut-wrenching, vomit-inducing experience losing to them. But some Celtic fans are overreacting, I feel. <laughs> so I think we've all got a pretty, pretty, you know, we've all got our opinions on it and how it's all played out and everything. And I want to throw to you guys for an opinion from that Facebook post that I found, which I've copied because I just want to, I'm not going to bring it up on the screen, so I'll just read it to you. So. I want to get your take on this post. So what we'll do, I'll read it out. Then we'll go to you, Johnny, off the back of it. And let me know what your thoughts are on this, okay? Because for me, I tend to agree with this. And where Michael was saying that some Celtic fans are overreacting, some of the toxicity you've seen for our second loss of the season in a dead rubber derby. Um, and then, you know, you're seeing, you know, and shouldn't have made this, and should have done all the armchair experts. Well, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So I'm going to read this post out. So it starts off, controversial, Ange got it spot on today. I know this will get backlash from some, which is fine as long as it doesn't go too far, but I think Ange got his team spot on today, and we learned more from today than any of our previous games against them this season. 
it is important to remember that Celtic will be receiving 20 to 30 million next season, which we will be looking to invest. Last season, a good portion of that money was already assigned to Jodder and Carter Vickers to make permanent. This year, we have a bit more freedom and need to think carefully about how we allocate that money. We know we have a, lev- a first 11 that can handle this fixture. We know Kyogo, Johnson, Taylor and Carter Vickers are all reliable starting in these games. O, Bernabe, Kobayashi and Rolston, not so much. Had we started with our best 11 and ground out a one-goal win or a draw like in recent fixtures, we would all be happy but have not learnt anything. Kobayashi and O in particular may get a run of games now until the end of the season, but if we're being honest, this was the only one where they would have got a serious test. We saw more of Kobayashi being tested today than we than we will when he plays against St Mirren or Inverness, who will be setting up, up against us to defend. I have to admit that I think O is a downgrade on Jack and Maccas. Um, I am also not sure Bernabe is going to challenge Taylor anytime soon. I do not want to write these guys off altogether because we have seen players flourish, especially after a proper full preseason, but the standards our manager sets are very high. Personally, I'd put a few of them out on loan to other Scottish sides if possible. It's great because it gives them experience into our league and it also and they can also do us a turn taking points off Sevco. It worked with Ira and Christie. Celtic fans are among the best for accepting people into the Celtic family. And I do think those who say give him more time are doing so from a, pl- a really good place. But frankly, Andre's the standard when he came in and today will have shown him where it would be best for us to invest. What do you think, John? Yeah, I I agree with 90% of that, to be honest. I, I, I very much do feel that you have to give your, uh, I hate the word backup, I guess they are, uh, the, the next player. You have to give them an opportunity. We've talked about this before, Jared, about that conveyor belt, about how, you want to sell your highest value player and then hopefully you've got one ready to come in immediately. You can't have a player ready to come in without giving an opportunity to feel the system, to work with the players, to get up to speed. And you can only really do that. You can do that to a huge extent. In fact, most of it is on the training pitch, but the last little crucial 10%, that's that's match day stuff, right? Uh, you can't, Kobayashi and Barnabé and even, and even though all of them, me personally, I see enough, so I disagree with that person's comment there. I I, I see enough to give them an opportunity. They've they were absolutely right. There's a run of games now where they can really sort of get all those things I just discussed. But um, yeah, we, we absolutely right. That was the only team that was ever going to test these players, and you can see the deficiency deficiencies now. They are nowhere near their uh, counterpart. Kobayashi's nowhere near Carter Vickers. Barnabé's nowhere near Taylor. I'm not sure about O and Jack Macus. I think they're I think they're different types of strikers. I think it's apples and oranges there. But O is so far behind um, Kyogo. So you can see that they're just not there yet to be challenging for those positions. And and as we know with players like Forrest, for example, they got dramatically better when they had competition behind them. And Roberts and whoever it was, right? They, they, so they need to get they need to get ready to the point. They need to get good enough to the point where Andrew's having to has a headache when he does his t- team sheet, and they're just not there yet. They're, they're, if there's an injury, if there's a this sort of thing, so I agree with a lot of that point. And you know, and if they don't make it, and they've got what like four games left, three games left, 
three plus the cup final. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they don't if they don't show Ange what they've got, then they're right. We'll buy somebody else. It's a, it's a short it's a short window at Celtic. And that's why I wanted to bring this post up in particular because, as I said at the start, we're going to have 20 to 30 million Champions League money we can invest coming in. And we know what Starfelt's like. Uh, we've got um, Michael Ross here saying only Starfelt got pass marks. For me, he was our best player on the pitch by country mile. Yep. But it's one of those ones where it's, okay, we don't, uh, since we don't have a reserve league in Scotland, they're not getting the match the match fitness. They're not getting the opportunity, the game reps that they need to develop. So it's like, say you're Bernabe, you've come over from Argentina, you've had £3.75 million spent on you, and then you've been stuck on the bench all season behind Taylor, playing here, there, and everywhere. When he's injured, you've got to run at games. At one point, you weren't even trusted to play. Jack Amakis was, not Jack Amakis, Juranovic was moved over to left back. And Johnson came in and when for his first game at right back. So it's like if you're not getting those opportunities to get a run of games, how are you going to develop? Like that's the thing I found with Jota last year. Anytime he was in and out of the squad, it always took him four or five games to get up to speed before he got into a rhythm, before he actually started just like all the tricks and everything like that. And look at the player he is now. So playing that game and getting the test, you're looking at them going, okay, now, is, is Bernabe going to be good enough? Is Kobayashi going to be good enough? What's Starfelt look like playing six games, five or six games on the, as the right centre-back? What's our midfield looking like? Is it worth having a last look at Turnbull to see if he's worth getting a, extending a contract for or selling him in the summer? Is it worth putting a water in more and giving him a run of games and pushing Kelmack further forward and looking at that to decide do, what do we need to do? For, for Europe next season, not just the league. If we aim and look at growing and spending the money to strengthen for Europe, that's great. Now, there's some comments here before we come to you, Shane. Michael Ross, O had very little service, and then O came in for some horrendous abuse, totally over the top. For me, O did get no, no real service, but at the same time, he shouldn't have got the abuse. But for me, that game on the weekend basically showed that, yeah, I think he's a, he's our third-string striker for Europe next year. I don't think he's ready to make – if Kyogo was to get hurt or something happened, like he's always had a run of games where he's missed a chunk every both seasons he's been at the club. If O is our only striker ready to go in Europe next year, I'm going to have problems with that. So for me, that, that there proved that he needs to – he's got a bit of development, but can these next four games get him up to that level? Let's see. So, yeah, it's just a whole range of things. But it actually, I like that that post was pretty spot on to what I'm saying. Like, John, 90% of what I was thinking. But over to you, Shane. Yeah, I think that that post is a is a good sort of pragmatic take on the result and the performance. Um, and there's been sort of varying responses. And I think that's, as I said, one of the, the good kind of considered ones. And I agree with most of it as well. Um I think for me, and you guys have already really touched on this, just to kind of really reiterate, the journey that Ange and this team want to go on, you know, we want this team to obviously do well in Scotland, but we want this team to make strides in Europe. We're going to need a squad and decent squad depth to be able to do so, which means that 
if we do have injuries or if anything comes up or yellow card suspensions or so forth, we need to know that whoever can step up next can step up and they're ready to perform. And it, the environment on the weekend against that kind of opponent is a really important step to or guide to judge them on, basically. And so I think it was important that they played. And I think we have learnt a little bit about a number of players from Saturday's performance. And, you know, that information, I think people will take with them and say, well, do we now need to look at another striker? Do we need to bring someone in? Is left back back on the agenda for another player replacement? I, I think it leaves us with a lot more questions than maybe we had before. And we want these questions before we hit Europe next season. We want to know where we need to strengthen before we kind of get there. So I think it was important. The The only thing I would say on it, and it's a slightly different tangent, I've seen a lot of takes on, on the team selection from the weekend. I've seen a lot of comment around Ange. Now, you know, Ange isn't faultless. Ange gets criticism and should get criticism from time to time. And there's nothing wrong with saying that what he did on the weekend didn't work. But there's kind of been this emphasis that what he did or the changes he made were unreasonable. And I don't agree with that. And I think that's going too far. I think I think the changes weren't too drastic. I think you could make a case for, for all three of the, the players who came in to have started. And I think this whole kind of criticism that, that Ange kind of essentially maybe didn't treat the game with the respect it needed or kind of threw it away beforehand was wrong. So it, it didn't work, but I don't think it was unreasonable. On that about Ange, Shane, the four main changes, they're all... They all had to be done. Let's be honest. You've got Taylor's been injured. He didn't even, like, even when you had the chance to put him on, he wasn't because he's been carrying an injury or whatever. You've got Kobayashi. We need to we need to play someone because Carter Vickers is out. So Starfelt moves across to the right. Kobayashi comes in the left. If it's not him, it's Stephen Welsh coming into the squad. And then you look at your other options are at right back. Well, Johnson's injured, so you've got to play Ralston. Mm-hmm. And then you look at up forward, Kyogo keeps going down and grabbing his shoulders. It's like two or three times this season he's had a shoulder injury and he had that injury just before, so in the game before it. So I don't mind putting O out there in that situation going, well, it's the whole game. Are you gonna win the you're gonna win the win the league or win the fight? Whatever it is. Exactly. Like you've yeah. won the league, let's go out there. You know, if they if they're not gonna win, they're gonna leave boots in. So sometimes you just I, got a little roll with it. I, I look Ralston's a different one. Ralston's good enough. Remember the beginning of the season and stuff. He's he's good. He's a good player now, right? He's he's very very decent. I think he just had an enough game. Might might take, I don't know, two games, three games to warm up again because he's not been playing for that long. I personally still believe, and I'll put Aldama Hill. I think Oh, I think Kobayashi, and I think Barnabé are good enough that we won't, we don't need to go out and replace them. We're, what we need to give them opportunities. We can still strengthen from our position without having to replace certain players and stuff. And it, I just think I just think they don't get enough game time. So they just we, they just need opportunities to it's confidence and everything. The opportunities to score and 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 O needs to understand like work rate and and Barnabé needs to understand like positioning. Christ Almighty, like his positioning, defensive positioning is terrible. And Kobe Ashley just seems a bit dazzled 
I don't know. I don't know if you guys, when you watch him, he just seems a bit young and like, oh Jesus Christ, what's going on? Um, but that will all disappear. They'll all they just need time, right? They'll, they'll slowly, with experience, all disappear. Mm. Got a couple of comments here for you, John. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, Taylor's found out in Europe. We need no left back. Back Bernie is not the answer. You said he's um he's okay. I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> is shocking. Yeah, and then we've got Mahesha saying. Celtic don't have a, a left fullback good enough for Champions League. Need speed at left fullback. With giving Irrigidi a go. Um, the only reason oh. I'm bringing this up, Mahesh, is because Irrigidi is a right back. So that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, look, Unless I, uh, that's otherwise. And and on that, on the point, there's many Celtic players that aren't Champions League standard. It's not really about finding one player that is whatever this X factor of Champions League type player is it's, we, what we've got to do is find players that are a certain standard that fit in our system I mean Taylor, Taylor arguably isn't good enough and he did get found out and stuff Barnabas definitely fits the system I don't know I don't, I don't think it's as I think people have commented this bit of over the over the top reaction and stuff I think it's not as bad as it seems I think there's definitely still foundations to build off and and we just don't we, we don't need to go out and spend 20 million just to compete in the Champions League I mean, to be to be perfectly fair, we need to spend a lot more than that to actually properly compete. But I don't think I mean like embarrassingly um, compete sort of thing. We're not getting embarrassed. Oh, oh so, God, Touchwood! Bring up a couple other comments that tie in here. So, people saying we need a new left back. Andrew Galeras, I hope Angie isn't dropping the ball on Australian talent. Geordie Boss to a Belgian club. That's the one we've been talking about all year on this podcast. Get him in for Melbourne City. He was signed for two million pound or two million Australian dollars to go to some place in Belgium. Uh, Nestor Aaron Kunda that we've been talking about, he's been potentially snapped up by Bayern Munich. So we could have signed these guys earlier. Um, but yeah, I'm just and then we've got Douglas Baird saying, I think the other Korean will come in. Oh, is our third choice? So he's saying that we'll be bringing Cho. in uh, um, Cho essentially. Geordie Boss was uh, very pertinent um, this week because um, he is a left back, and it seems to be the the kind of position or hot button topic post the weekend of uh, Bernabe's performance. All, he ticks all the boxes, Shane. Too, he's like six foot. He's a left back, and he's fast. He's an athlete. Like he ticks all the boxes of everything that we, you know, that we uh, wanted that we've been talking about needing. So it is what it is. But we'll uh, we'll leave that. That there's only one last question I need to ask you boys though, and it ties into the name of the podcast. Off the back of the weekend and what we've been talking about, would you rather have picked up the three points on the weekend, just like Sevco did, or would you rather be in with a chance to win three trophies this season? So that what we're doing, what would you prefer? Because for me, trophies every day of the week. Obviously, 100%. Yeah. The, the there is no we beat Celtic or we got three points trophy. That's not that'll be their DVD set for Christmas, but we don't need that. We'll have our we'll have our Australian treble. Happy days. Um, I think just on that really quickly, um, you know, in every sort of fixture that you know had some sort of impact or result either in the keeping the league alive or challenging in the league or 
a cup tie, anything that had some something riding on it, um, we've beaten them each time. And this one that had no bearing on it other than, I guess we'd say, do we say bragging rights? You know what I mean? Um, other than, you know, other than just the three points, right, um, you know, they win. So, you know, I, I think if anyone sees the result on the weekend and thinks somehow the gap between the two isn't as wide as it as it is, I, I think they're a, a bit deluded because it, it's still wide. The result on the weekend, sure, credit to them, they won, but um, the gap's still there. I'll give you a better wrap-up here, Shane. The gap is still there. The gap is as big as Michael Beale's mole. <laughs> Boom. Done. On we go. I just had to. <laughs> Shots fired, cheap shot, whatever. Clip that one, Sevco people, again. <laughs> All right. So we're going we're gonna to crack on to our next topic of discussion. I'm going to bring up some pictures here, so just bear with us. Um, the Celtic kits that have been leaked this week. So we want to just have a quick little chat about them. Some people just don't care about kits, whatever. For me, I look at the Celtic top and I go, give me the basics. Give me green hoops, green and white hoops. Give me a gold star for the Champions League, for the European Cup that we won in 67. I'm good with that. That's the That's the minimum requirements. It's not hard to get our top right. So there's been a whole lot of people commenting and stuff about how bad the top, the top, the home top are, tops are, and the away third strip is. So let's bring them up on the screen. Those listening to the audio, sorry, it's on our YouTube channel. Twenty eight minutes in, if you want to have a look at the pictures, but there's been two versions of the home top. Now for me, this is the winner. If I'm not going to bring up the one with the whited out logos and all that sort of stuff that everyone's been talking about. Everyone's seen that. It looks like that's going to be a special edition. I'm talking about the leaks this week, the one otherwise known as the turtle top. So that's the that's the pattern there. It's got the black Adidas stripes. It's got the black Adidas logo, Darfabet on it, the gold star. Yes, Shane, we can see you peering out, you weirdo. <laughs> so for me... This one on the screen at the moment is my, if we're going to go with either of the two, this is the one I prefer. I don't actually mind it. It's kind of hard to, I actually like this more than I like this season's home top. However, it's still a little putrid. So what's your thoughts? There's no fucking hoops on the sleeves. Why have they, it looks like a bib. Why why have they done that? I don't want that. That That looks revolting. No, thank you. Shane, what's your thoughts? It looks like a pimp. <laughs> oh, that sent me that. Um, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a. I don't like the the hoops not on the um, sleeves as well. But um, I'm not a. I'm not a fan of the the design within the green hoops. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm not always solid in terms of it has to be solid green and white hoops. But I think there's a little bit of flexibility there. I think this year's home kit does it pretty well. But I also think this year's home kit's kind of like the line in terms of like what you do. And I, for me, that just, that just misses the mark. I think there's a bit too much happening there. So I'm not a, not a fan. Well, the comments section agrees that this is like, it's just blown up something chronic. So red Scotland, <laughs> give me the boots, the champ, the champions league star and no sponsor. Yep. And then you've got Robert Gibson. The third one's absolutely honking. 
Um, yeah. And then we'll go through some more. Michael Ross, anyone notice the more simple the hoops are, the more success. Alan yeah, Woods, it's Mingan. Michael <laughs> Ross, it's Boggan. <laughs> Robert Gilson, that'll say it all. I don't want to use up one of their swears <laughs> on YouTube. It's, rank. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad, yeah. Alan also goes, the snake skin reminds me of Rogers buggering off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nah, I like that one. That's good. Yes. And then Kaiser, my anaconda don't want none. No, no worries. So you had that one, which doesn't have the hoops on the arm. So, John, here's one with hoops on the arm for you. Just a slight issue. The hoops are wonky. It looks like some kinder kid has just drawn that. Yeah. Is that, that's is that actually what it – no, that's surely not. Well, if you look at the Juventus Adidas one, they look like someone has scribbled the black stripes down the top. So Adidas could actually be doing these wonky ones this year. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's certainly better than um, Anaconda, but um, yeah, I don't quite. It's it's a very easy thing just to get a nice fresh hoop. I, I don't really understand why they've got to do that scribbly stuff, but. I don't think they'll. I mean, they'll. That is dramatically better than the other one, and they'll. No matter what, they'll still sell millions of them. So, um, it wouldn't be the. It's. It would be one of the shiter ones for a while, but yeah, not. I'm not. Not super keen on that one either. Here's some comments for you: Kaiser, Crayola, Celtic. Yeah. Alan, Alan <laughs> Woods, crayons going wrong. Robert Gibson. Someone was pissed designing that. That's kind of how it feels. Someone's on the bucky. And then having a go at the design. Yeah. Jane, what's your thoughts? Um, I think the only thing better about it compared to the first one is the fact that the hoops are on the sleeves. But in total, I wouldn't say it's like, I don't agree with John. I don't think it's markedly improved. I'd put them in a very similar boat. I'm not a fan of either of them. Did you know you're, that- you're talking about a boat there, Shane? So Uncle Nobby's steamboat. I want Did to say we planned that, that but I, we really didn't. We didn't. <laughs> all just comes together perfectly, and just that's just like gold standard of podcasting, right here. Two of the two the, the hoops and the sleeves were different thickness as well. There was one normal one and one thin one. Well, Let me have a look again. Look at that. It's cool. Oh, yeah, cool. It's cut the bottom ones cut off halfway. Yeah. It's called fashion, yeah. Johnny. What are you talking about? That's oh, fashion. Right. That is that is oh, sharp. Yeah. That is sharp that's... fashion. That yeah. is, I'm just going to say the word fashion again. <laughs> that's um, that's oh, uh, white it's white hoops on a green top. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> third kit. Talking about something putrid. Oh, God. <laughs> it looks right. like basically going on to like um, what's that one with the movie with King Julian? The old um, Madagascar. you know the Madagascar, and they've grabbed like some. You know, outfit based on the um the giraffe pattern or something that they had on there, and then they've just changed the colours. That's putrid. That's just no. I don't mind it that much. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not going to fucking go out my way and buy one. But I don't. I, I don't think it's the worst. It kind of looks like a fingerprint. I don't know if you like like a fingerprint that's been blown up. And you see a wee bit. Of it. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm never buying that in a million years. But I certainly don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. The um. 
the New Balance Luminous one that was all spiky and stuff. That was yeah. <laughs> oh, That's what yeah. that one was worse than that is. So <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. This one here, what my concern I don't get right is it's got dark green with a light like the mint green, and then it's got or like a lighter green, and then it's got like a fluoro minty color logo and badges and stripes yeah. and stuff. It's just I don't know. You don't need why do you need three different colors green? It's just weird. Like at least it won't clash with St. Mirren. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah. anything I could possibly think of. Silver linings. Crucial. Yeah. Chain. Was that is that really green? Oh yeah. my god! I need to get my eyes tested. I, that didn't look green to me. <laughs> I was just going to be uh, what is it? different shades of green. I was like, it's green. <laughs> Put the green. Put the green down, Shane. It's on the way back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's look. Um, this is a gold and blue dress situation. Oh, uh, Shane. Yeah. 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 Is it Laurel? Or is it Yanni? Remember? Yeah. I'm not not a fan. Not a fan. Um, yeah. Look, it's zero for three for me. To be honest, I'm not a not a fan of any of those uh, those three. Unfortunately, though, so, yeah. a few people argue it's um a bit better than this this year's grey third kit, which I don't I don't really mind. But um, I'll indulge for a second to give you an example of how sort of um maybe in the background that kit is. Um, I my partner um came home the other night and she sort of she was sort of looking out the back and on the washing line, she got a little bit frustrated because she, she wondered why I'd only washed one of the, the grey pillowcases instead of both of them. I was like, that's my Celtic kit. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> so it, it clearly clearly kind of just doesn't stand out. So at least if at least if I wash that, that might uh, stand out a little bit more. Well, my older brother went out on the weekend to some DFO somewhere and there was an Adidas clearance there and he walks in and sure enough, there's the... um. There's the grey kit on the clearance rack for like 70 bucks or something like that. So he's like, yoink, purchased mm. straight away. I'm like, where'd you get it? I might contemplate that now. <laughs> yeah. I saw it in person. I saw it. There was a there was a lad that was walking down um, Brisbane High Street in, a, in the grey top. And it, yeah, it's, it is a rotten one. I'm not. That's yeah. not a nice top. It just looks all types of odd. Yep. Looks like he's some sort of referee or something for football. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, like a, yeah, a ref or some sort of Chinese knockoff or like an. Or like a, they've called it white on the website and you've and you've been ordered it and it's that weird grey color. You've mixed, you've mixed yeah. it with the colors when you've washed it. Yeah, that's right. You've put like an old sock in it and it's just run and it's like yeah, yeah. Pfizer's <laughs> point here is we should all buy those three strips. They will be retro and rare AF in ten years. That's, oh. Yeah. Look, all I have to say I'm, for this year's kits is I hope that the the away kit. There's been talk of it being a black kit. Great, whatever they've done well. Adidas, if you're listening in, I know you do because you love us so much. Get us a bumblebee, please. That's all I ask for. Uh, Either yeah. this year or next year, I want a yellow away kit and I want a bumblebee top. Give me those two, and I will. You will have my money. And not and not that ugly New Balance bumblebee that we were given no, either. Proper bumblebee, like what you had in Sydney, John. Yeah, yeah, mm. like a, and yeah, a proper decent and dead simple. Just make it luminous yellow and black, and that's what it needs to be. So I agree. Uh, nice. Then we'll leave the kid talk there and uh, <laughs> crack on with the next topic, which Shane you brought up today. So Neil Lennon shortlisted for the Olympiakos manager role. Would this be a good move for him? 
I don't know. And I don't know how serious the consideration is for him. You know, he, he obviously went to um, oh, the, the Cypriot club that escapes my name recently. Nin Nicosa. Ammonia yeah. and something like that. Yeah. And and they were in Europe and and you know, but in the league they they didn't do that well. And and I'm just not too sure whether he's a serious candidate for it or not. Um generally speaking, um from my recollections, the Greek league, obviously Olympiakos, um, I think from recollection is probably the, the biggest club in the Greek league. Um apologies to any Athens won the league. Ah, okay. Yep. So apologies to AK want, Athens and Palak fans who are listening. So, um, but and Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. So, geez, I'm, geez, I'm upsetting a lot of people with this, uh, with this topic. Sorry, sorry, gang. Um, but Olympiakos is a very big club. Usually, I, I, I haven't looked at where they are, but usually they're in Europe. I imagine that they've qualified for a European competition next season. So it would be good to see him back. And the Greek league, as you've just reeled off with those clubs. Um, you know, has a lot of, you know, decent contests in them. It would be a challenge. I think it would just be good to see him back again in management and um, and see him doing well. But uh, I found it an interesting one when I was looking at it today. It seemed to really come out of the blue. Um, I hadn't heard anything about it until I read it today. And um, when it was Olympiakos, I was a little surprised. So I thought I thought maybe he might be potentially coming abroad, possibly Australia, um, with a couple of A-League opportunities coming up but um i think you'd probably prefer to stay in europe now the reason we brought it up yes there's comments from people like robert gibson who cares pete mcgee when he's up for a job no one cares move on kaiser and there's european pedigrees in the running now the reason we brought it up is i'm putting two and two together here and the question i've got for you john is with Lenny potentially going to Olympiakos, would this be a great opportunity for us to sell Barkas to him, considering he's the one who signed him for Celtic? Get Barkas out of our way, Lenny's out of the way, bit of cash come back, maybe a little bit, and go from there. What do you think, John? Um, well, I do, but just to uh, very quickly before I answer that, just to defend the Lenny thing, I think the reason why it's important to discuss someone like Neil Lennon is he's He's still a club legend, right? He's probably the second most successful Celtic captain after Scott Brown. So, you know, he's he's a very successful managerial career at Celtic and phenomenal player for us and stuff. So it's always good. Many of us follow Scott Brown at Fleetwood and stuff. So it's it's good to keep up with what Lenny's doing and stuff. But I um, I definitely see an opportunity for Barkas to move on. And if there is that Celtic connection, then I'm not sure if Lennon would uh, would buy him. I don't think he much. I don't think he really fancied him when he was at Celtic and stuff. So no cabbage hands, yeah, yeah. So he might. It might be a stretch to say that just because there's a, a Celtic connection, you know, um, he would go on and he would he would buy Barkas. But it, it uh, he, Barkas definitely needs to move on. That's for damn sure. Like he's 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 not got a place when he comes back to Celtic. So. Yeah, I could see there could definitely be an opportunity for a, a you know a conversation there, and you know, like if you want to come back to your homeland and um, you feel a bit more down, you know, not uh, accustomed and stuff to the system that you know, and uh, you know, we've worked together and all that stuff. That could definitely happen. It, the rumors would definitely start flying if Lennon does take the job and stuff. But um, 
yeah, there, there could be good potential link-ups there for us. And it suits Celtic as well, seeing that he was our most uh, expensive goalkeeper by and all that. So, yeah, quite possibly. Reason I'm asking that is it gives us a good segue into the next topic, which <laughs> is on top of that, it's like, you know, Lenny thing, Barkas ties us in. Was, we just want to go through what other players not at the club this season have a future at Celtic. So I've got a quick little list for us to go through. So the current players out on loan, Barkas, I think we all agree he needs to be sold. He's not going mm-hmm. to come back and play like he'll go on loan. He's done decent over in Holland. So, but that now, we'll quickly go around the room. Liam Scales, Shane. Yes. Yes, sell or yes, keep or yes, loan again. <laughs> I clearly zoned out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep. Johnny? I think just off his goal against them. I think that's a keep. So for me, I think looking at the list that I've got here, I can rattle through the whole list to make it a little quicker for everyone. So I'll go through the list of players online. You've got Barkas, Scales, Montgomery, Sorrow, Urugidi, Kenny, Ayeti, Shaw, Johnson, Itaguchi. That's everyone currently on loan. For me, looking at this, I'd say Scales, Montgomery, and Mikey, maybe. Mm. The only reason I'd keep Mikey would be for you, and, and Montgomery would be we need our home quota for Europe mm-hmm. and Montgomery can cover at left back. Scales can cover at left back and also at left center back. So he covers two positions that we're currently weak in. So those would be the only three from that list. I'd probably keep the rest. I'd be looking to sell. I'd agree, agree with that. that or is anyone yep. else use a keep? Yeah. I think all of them aren't good enough. I think they all, I think they, they all wouldn't cut it in, Celtic's current squad, but I, I would keep them for the exact reasons that you know the homegrown staff and and potentially you know relatively young. I think MJ's getting to the point where he probably needs to move it's on. Twenty four or something like that. So yeah, so maybe he's got like well, unless he turns around really quick. But we've been t- we've been saying about him for like two years, three years now. But um, yeah, I'd probably keep them for the efficiency because I can't see guys buying any other um, homegrowns or Scottish players for Champions League stuff or European stuff. I th- I agree with the your calls, Jared. I think Mikey Johnson's the 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 one that you know is the one that could go either way. Um that, yeah, yeah sure. it really is. Um I look I was thinking about this earlier today. Everyone wants to see him do well. I don't think anyone wants to see everyone wants to see Mikey come back and be successful at Celtic, but for whatever reason sometimes a club and a player, it just doesn't work out despite the best of intentions. And it's on nobody's fault. It's not the club's fault. It's not the player's fault. It just doesn't work. And I have a feeling that's the situation for Mike. It's Celtic. He's gone away at the moment and he's done really well and he's earned an international cap because of his form. He's doing well away. It might be in his best interest to find a move away instead of trying to come back into Celtic. But at the same time, you see the way he plays and you're like, geez, we could use him, obviously, the homegrown quota, but there's a player there. And you're like, wow, he can really excel if he gets an opportunity. But he's had opportunities, so where do you pull the pin? It might just be one of those cases where it's just not going to work at Celtic. I look at Mikey and go, as what you're saying, Shane, spot on. I think he'd be the sort where 
if we're going to sell all these guys, you could sell them all early. I would hang on to Mikey until the last couple of weeks of the transfer window until we can see what else we come in, how the market moves, who suddenly becomes available, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And then once you get to that point, then Andrew's had a whole preseason with him, a tour of Japan and Korea to see, okay, how is he going to go here? Is he going to, is he a chance to do a role for us and do a job for us? At that point there, you'll know. Yep. Is he going to be a factor in our overall squad? Is he going to be able to back up Jota or Maeda on the left and be that third option in that wing? Is he going to be able to break in and cover it? If Jota's got to play on the right, Maeda needs a rest. Would you be comfortable with Mikey coming in as that backup on the wing? If you're not, if Ange isn't comfortable with him in that role at that point in time, there's no point keeping him. Sell him, get some money in, reinvest it in the squad, and upgrade the upgrade as you go. Yep. Agreed. Totally agree. And then for the next one, the first team squad players that have barely been used. Scott Bain, James McCarthy, Stephen Welsh, Connor Hazard, Benjamin Segrist, David Turnbull. What are your thoughts on them? Any of them you'd want to keep? Any of them you'd want to sell? Um, I think Segrist is the interesting one. Like that's it's been just to see where he was at the start of the season, second understudy to Hart. Some people saying he might even take the place of Hart as the season goes on. He hasn't been able to progress. He obviously had some injuries, but you know, since then we've barely seen him. I think we still keep him. David Turnbull's obviously the other one, um, mainly for the homegrown quota, but you know, there's still a lot of talent there. Um, they're probably the two for me that that stand out as the two that I'd be like, I'd be looking to hang on to. That's very interesting that you brought those two up. That's exactly how I feel as well, to be honest. Uh, you brought up the goalkeeper immediately. I think the goalkeeper position is a really odd one because I think it, I'm not in this camp, but there's a lot of Celtic fans that I see want to see the back of heart and they want to get a, a, a much better keeper coming in. And Bain's been a, has been a, a good servant and stuff. And, and but he, I put him squarely in the Johnny Hayes category of decent league, not where we want to be though. So he's good to have in around the, the squad, but just not really. Segrist is completely unknown for me, for all of us, right? It's like, who... Well, is he always injured? Maybe he's always yeah. injured. I think I mean, he's, if, he's got a shaggers injury from you know he goesn't do it. Sydney, Sydney hasn't, hasn't That's the reason why I immigrated. Um, yeah, no, like I don't know. Uh, Seagrass is a weird one. Um, I don't know if Se- I don't know if Seagrass is where we want to be in in European competition either. So we, so maybe there's a shout for just we need to completely shift all of our goalkeepers and get someone else in. I still think Hart's the best we can get just now. Uh, and he's a very, very good goalkeeper for, for everything he, for everything he is. Um, Turnbull's that big question mark, which is what on earth has happened. Yeah, maybe he's just, he needs more regular game time. Maybe he's uh, just lost confidence or something. I don't know, but we've seen it before where he could be very, very good. Um, and he just hasn't been when Ange basically came in. So, uh, he, the, 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 those are the only two question marks I would I would also have um, probably in that I would get for the list that he gave to Jared I'd probably be okay seeing any of them move on and apart from Turnbull 
So I'm a little different to you there, John, because Turnbull's only got 12 months left on his contract. So if I'll be looking at him and going, all right, is he going to be able to knock guys like Atate, McGregor, O'Reilly, those sort of guys out of the squad who are in front of him? Yes or no? Well, or I mean, on, not, we're also on, linked on, to another Japanese attacking midfielder coming in. Is he going to be able to not take any of those guys out of the squad? If the answer is no, and he's only got 12 months left on his contract, you'd have to sell him. It's a, it's, I know it's brutal, but that's pretty much what it'll need, that need to be sold. So he's one that that's my take on it. Look like you wanted to say something, John. Yeah, I mean, look, on, on Turnbull's best day, right, what, what he has been in previous seasons, he's as good as O'Reilly. So I would, I would, they're about the same sort of player. So I, I would say, I would say that that they are interchangeable. But that's not the problem. The problem we have is Turnbull's just not performing. So Turnbull could take over from O'Reilly if he was playing well, but he's not. So yeah. and and that's and that's really the gamble you're taking. Is if you were to give Turnbull an extension, you would be saying to him, "Listen, if you don't turn it around, we are going to move you on. This is it. This is what you've got." So. I would say that he'd probably, if he was going to offer anything, it'd be like an extra year or two year contract. And then that would be it. That would be his, his opportunity, his window. So we've got a couple of decent comments here. So Mahesh is in with the stats based thing saying, based on global football data, Turnbull is ranked as Celtic's number one midfielder. He's the only one above the mean in performance in midfield per 90 minutes. And then Pete McGee is, I think the, the rigidity of Ange Ball is the issue. I love it when we're playing fast attacking football, but that doesn't suit every player in the squad, hence why players like DT are warm in the bench. Possibly. Now, Turnbull would have been the first player picked pretty much every game when Ange first came in because we had no midfield depth at all. So he then got hurt, ran himself in the ground, got hurt, and he hasn't really been able to come in since because Hatade, O'Reilly, and you had Rogic in front of him last season. And then you had Moy come in as well, which I didn't even mention earlier as well as a factor in those players in front of Turnbull. So looking at all of them, I think you got to sometimes you got to take the emotion out. I think Turnbull, we saw, when you've seen him playing week in week out at Motherwell last season before he got hurt, he is a really good footballer. When he's not playing every week, then you get what we're getting from him at the moment. So I think he's one to watch. Segrist, I think, is a good keeper. I think he's a good, like, in the league, he's good enough to challenge Hart. We would, If Joe Hart's not playing in goals and Segrist is fully fit and playing, I don't think we'd lose anything there. He's actually bigger and he's better at saving penalties. He's done it at Dundee United. He can actually save penalties. So in that regard, I would keep him. Connor Hazard, out of contract. Thanks for everything. See you later. Scott Bain, I've been wanting him gone for two seasons now. I just don't see why. He must be really good in the in the change room. Must be good around the around the club. Either that or he's got naked pictures of Peter Lawwell and people <laughs> on the board for him to still God. be there. James McCarthy. You've made me imagine yeah. that now. <laughs> <laughs> James McCarthy. I'd, yeah. I think I saw in the comments someone said should get um sure um Dermot Desmond could probably loan him out to Shamrock Rovers or something and just move him on because he's not playing here. And then the uh, the one with questions is Stephen Welsh. His long term is going to depend on what we do. Do we sign? Does Starfelt move? Because he was rumoured to England at some point. 
Carter Vickers comes back from his injury. Do we bring in another another centre back? We're being linked with this um, Dutch under nineteen international came through at Barcelona and Chelsea, and he's like six foot five, left sided centre back, and he's being linked as the new Virgil Van Dijk in Holland. We're being linked with him. Us and Watford are into him apparently. If we sign him, then Welsh will probably go, much the same way as Turnbull. So, yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a doozy, really. But yeah, I don't think many of them have got much of a much of a long term. Maybe Seagrest, and then Welsh and Turnbull will watch this space. Seagrest can go. Now I'm gonna. We see you, Michael. We actually need an entire podcast devoted to our mascot, Hoopy the Huddle Hound. So, um. The comment section is unhinged right now. What is it's going unbelievable. On? <laughs> I'm loving it. So with that comment, all I'm gonna say is I think that's one for the Tuesday crew to dig into over the off season because <laughs> something that they do is they talk about history of the club and everything. So Stephen, if you're listening or watching, there's something for you to put on a run sheet for the off season. Yeah, we've been uh, obviously talking about the players that are finishing up and the comment section has been blowing up about who we're transferring Hoopy to. Who's shagging the female dog, apparently, off the Malaga? That's the weirdos. <laughs> the weirdos. Hey, all I'm going to say is you, you get what you, you reap what you sow. You know, we put out a weird <laughs> podcast for everybody get out there. We, get, we draw in the weirdos. We draw- <laughs> Them's my people. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we'll um we'll we'll start to wrap up the podcast. So I got two things to talk about. Seeing a comment here saying chicks football is crap, always has been, always will. Um, well, you're not you can tune out now if you want because we're gonna talk about the Celtic women. So you've timed that comment absolutely perfect. But um situation is one round of games to go in the Women's Premier League. Currently, Glasgow City's on top. Us and Sevco, second and third. Same points. So there's three scenarios in play here. We play against Hearts on the weekend, who we beat 6-0 or whatever last time, and win. And the other two teams draw. We win the league. If Sevco win and we win, which means Glasgow City lose, we win the league on goal difference. At the moment, we're miles ahead. If Glasgow City beats Sevco, no matter what we do, they win. So there's your three scenarios. All I'm going to say on that is good luck to the women, the women's team. Good luck, Fran Alonso. You are an absolute pisser whenever I see you in a press conference and I love you. Your white jacket is just amazing. Get out there, get the job done. It's good to see the growth of the of the squad and everything. And yeah, good luck to them. That's all I got to say. Shane, Johnny, anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, no, I second your um, messages of good luck. Um, it comes down to an exciting final day. Um, the team have have done a really good job throughout the season and played well. And particularly this last month and a bit, they've done extremely well and they've closed the gap on Glasgow City and now they're in with a chance to win the league on the final day. So um, good luck to Fran. Good luck to the the team. Um, come on, you girls in green. And Jacinta, score the winning goal that wins us the league, please. <laughs> Say your last name, Shane. Come on, do it. Yeah. 
Gail Gallup. Uh, Kanye, yeah. good work, Jacinta. Yeah. <laughs> Gallup, there it is. Yes, that's what I said. And I completely butchered it, but anyway, just as bad. <laughs> I, see, right. uh, I see they moved the final game to Soto Park as well. So yep. it'll be big, big numbers, hopefully, for the girls. So good. we... um. Yeah, we set the the Scottish women's game record when we played at Celtic Park last weekend. I think it was so like nine and a half thousand. So Sevco suddenly put on their game against Glasgow City at Ibrox, <laughs> and then we've announced, okay, we'll play at Celtic Park too. So the Green Brigade, the boys, and a bunch of others are making that that Celtic end that they've been talking about the standing section behind the goals, and they're going to fill that up again. So there we go. Brilliant. Yep. Good to hear. New uh, new crowd record incoming, I reckon. I reckon so. Imagine the party if if we win a treble and and the women win the league. That'd be ma- that'd oh, be, be be amazing. Be nothing short of what they deserve, mate. They've um they've played really well this season. So um hopefully they can get the job done and and celebrate um and everyone gets behind them. That's so it. Party at Starfelt's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that way it won't be awkward. He would be mad. He'd be mad to party with. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like he would be <laughs> an absolute party animal, and he would just be like at 5 a.m. when you're, or when I'm falling over asleep, going, "I've had enough." He'd be like, "Let's go. We've still got plenty more to do." Like he's the Red Bulls in. Me, that we kind rally. Of we yeah. rally. Red Bulls exactly. get on the barbie and off we go again out the door. Yes. <laughs> and we're definitely used to crazy Swedes at Soic. So, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, so on uh, Saturday, midnight our time over here, boys, on, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, we're playing St. Mirren at Celtic Park. So I'm going to go with this comment from earlier from Andrew. I'm hoping he starts the same 11 this weekend. Same here, mate. That's why I kept your comment because that's what I'm hoping for the starting lineup. Do you think there'll be any changes? I don't think there's. I, I think there's going to be not a single change. To be honest, I think, I think Ange. Did, I, I think we've got injuries, so there's there's some absolute certainties to to go in as well. Um, but no, I reckon it'll be the same. I reckon Ange is doing what we've discussed, which is giving players that he sees as having a future at Celtic more of an opportunity. The season's one, uh, and this is where we've got our what's called the bees, but the next the next players uh, an opportunity. So I, I, I think it stays the same. Yeah, agreed. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he picks the same starting eleven. Um, it would be something that I, I think he'd probably even be more keen to do based off of what happened uh, last weekend. So yeah, I can see the same starting eleven getting a run. Any matchups to look out for? For me, I'm I'm thinking, will uh, old mate from Western Sydney pop a card <laughs> or not? That's the thing. Who's he going to clutter? And is he, um, you know, is it going to be the first player booked? Yes. So who, any matchups to look out for and who will be the first player booked? You go, I'm, I'm I'm just double-checking here, but, yeah, it is. I think Curtis Main might be um, a bit of a bully to Kobe Ashi. I think that might, we'll, we'll definitely see that. That's Main's um, game, isn't it, to play off the shoulder of a defender and hopefully they boot one up and he scores a goal. But um, So I think that that's probably a, a parent to watch for. 
Well, if, if we go with the same starting 11, we'll have um, Jodder on the left and we'll have um, Ryan Strain, uh, the uh, fullback who's Australian, who's been actually playing really well um, for St. Mirren uh, throughout the whole season, going head-to-head, um, which would be interesting. Um, and I'm going to say Strain gets the first yellow when and Jodder gets the better of him and he pulls him down. Hmm. We've got yeah. Andrew Glare, Bacchus and Strain will be up for it. So it'll be uh, interesting. And um, who do you think will be the first scorer? And what do you think the final score prediction will be? So, Shane, what's your thoughts? I sense there's a response incoming. I feel like there's been a sting in the criticism this week that's going to um, see St. Mirren put to the sword. I think O gets the first goal. Um, and I reckon we win 6 0. Johnny. Oh. <laughs> Ah, tough one. Um, I'll probably I'd probably go with O'Reilly scoring the first goal. I don't know if we I don't know if I quite <laughs> have Shane's optimism or belief coming up from Pete McGee Backerson's train sound like a remedy for constipation. <laughs> it does. Gold. Gold <laughs> That's gold, man. <laughs> Can we just rename the pod to that? Is that not the tough one? Today? Um, yeah. Uh, what do I think the score is going to be? I think it's probably going to be 3 1. Something like that. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking first goal will be. Oh, who are their centre backs? I can't remember for top of my head. I think they're going to score. It's going to be four two, and their first scorer will be uh, Jota. Just putting no O'Reilly. He's just going to put some sort of howitzer of a shot in from like outside the top of the box. He's just going to slot one, and then they, put- they will crumble. They played. They played five at the back against Hearts, where they drew. Um, and it was Shaughnessy, Fraser, and Taylor in the middle, with Strain and Tanza. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't so matter. Yeah, I'm, we I'm can. Four, two. Sounds like a part of the bus situation. They could do something very similar to us. Yep. Fair enough. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um. Enjoyed seeing your comments in the comment section. Now I'm going to go back and read all this uh, where it's just gone straight down a, uh, a tangent upon tangents upon tangents of all sorts of stuff. Mentions of Babe Station and female, <laughs> and female um, you know, versions of Hoopy the Huddle Hound and zomb- <laughs> glass cows and zombets and all sorts of goodies like that. Um, yeah been a bit of a loose loose comment in there so loving it so thanks for tuning in i think you guys have entertained us as much as we've entertained you tonight so um yeah have a have a good one thanks for tuning in do we want to do final thoughts boys or just get on with it oh i've, I've got yeah I'll you, go, do you go, go first yeah well mine's super no, quick first. um my one of my uh not childhood one of my teenage years favorite bands um is coming to brisbane um, and that's the Google Dolls. Imagine, remember them? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're not even the opening act. The opening act is Matchbox 20. You remember oh, this? <laughs> they're coming to Brisbane, February 2024. Uh, I think they're doing Australia tour, but they've just announced Brisbane. Um, yeah, Matchbox 20 and the Google Dolls. Jesus Christ. Wow. So I'm pretty buzzing for that. So I'll be buying a ticket. Blast, blast. 
Yeah, just a little bit. I've been play- I've been listening to the Google Dolls all week, so yeah. Anyway, that made me happy. Uh, national, it's National Volunteer Week. Uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out to volunteers all around Australia, and obviously to the extent, obviously around the world as well. It's um, it's a thing close to my heart. My partner volunteers for various organisations and gives up her time. But if you want to look at it from a sporting sense, a lot of um, clubs rely on volunteers, particularly those at grassroots level. So just wanted to give a shout out during this week to all the volunteers. You do an awesome job and you're the lifeblood of your club. So well done. For me, it's um, my final thoughts are, I've noticed that Coles and the service stations down here are selling the um, motor neuron disease beanies that they do every winter. So for like, I think they're at 20 bucks. So if you're down here in Victoria in particular, where, where I am and you can, you can see them around, just you got to spare 20 bucks, buy a beanie. It's a great course. Something dear to my heart, lost my auntie through it. So um, I'll be buying one and just, yeah, just get in there and support that charity as much as you can, because it's an absolute prick of a disease and, anything we can do to help it end is uh, a positive. So, um, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Hail, hail, and we'll talk to you next week. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.